I ran into an old friend 30 years ago and he said, how are you doing? What's new? What are you up to? And without thinking, I responded, oh, I'm too busy doing the things I hate to do the things I love. Hello, hello, people. It is Lara Pareka, and I'm so glad you are here with me. Do you ever feel that way? You're too busy. You're too tired. It's too hard. There's too many things going on. You weren't born at the right time. There's a virus going on that's interfering with all of your plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these other excuses outside of you or even inside you. Let's take a look at what's holding you back. And we might discover that some of these excuses, or all of them, are just that, excuses. As a teacher my whole life, my job has been to love my students, my audiences, my clients enough that they believe in themselves and that they are able to see bigger picture, to see outside of themselves, to see and have a paradigm shift, to feel capable, worthy, and confident. That has been my whole life, helping people, empowering them to think. So let's see, because sometimes we need to empower ourselves. Sometimes the things we do to help others, we need to do to help ourselves. My mom is notorious for saying to me, Laura, when I'm complaining about something or another, you should do what you tell people to do in your book. (laughs) Laura, the things you said on that last speech you gave, why don't you do those things? And it is so funny because leave it to my mom to catch me at any negative moment, which is rare, I do admit. (laughs) Rare for me to be negative, but boy, she'll catch me and, and hold me, put my feet to the fire. So we tend sometimes to do that. We tend to have great advice for others, but what about for ourselves? Let's take a look at some of these excuses and let's send them bye-bye. And here's a little power song I sing once in a while to myself. I am woman, hear me roar In numbers too great to ignore And I know too much to ever go back there Yes, yes, I know too much to go back there I am woman, hear me roar Right? And even if you're a man, you can roar even louder than I. Go ahead, do it. (laughs) So what are some of the excuses? Well, the first one is, I don't deserve it. How many times have I worked with students who thought they didn't deserve something? This is why I often have people do peer tutoring. Uh, I have people help each other. Because then they get that confidence that only being in a position of helping others can give you. So most of us, I would probably venture to say all of us, at some point feel like we don't deserve something. What is it that you feel like you don't deserve? Love? Money? The time to do the things you're passionate about? A relationship with people that you want to hang out with versus who you think you might be stuck with? Feeling like you don't deserve something, while deep-rooted, is an excuse. And once you can shift the way you look at it, this is why we say affirmations, because we are talking ourselves into the new us. We're creating the new you by saying over and over what you want to believe versus what you somehow deep inside believe. I had a friend say to me, oh, I really like hugs because when I was a kid, I didn't get enough. 
didn't get enough hugs. Well, you know what? How about we shift that around to, I just love hugs. Or make a joke of it, I am making up for lost time. Doesn't matter. But putting the focus on, oh, poor, bad thing that happened to me only keeps you stuck in the past. So shifting that to, I do deserve love. I do deserve hugs. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go get me some right now. And actually right now is not a good time for hugs because most of us are still on quarantine. (laughs) Most of us are still on lockdown. But if you have anyone in the family that you can hug, even if it's a pet, go hug your pet. So what is it you feel like you don't deserve and what's one way to shift that? Obviously, uh, this is not one size fits all in that there's lots of different ways for different people to solve different problems. But at the core, at the root of it all is love. I'm always telling you this. There is no question that love is not the answer to. Love is the answer. So if you feel like you don't deserve money or love or relationships or time to do the things you love, let's try to shift the way we look at it. If that was just an excuse, I know it's not. I know, you know, you probably really feel like you didn't deserve it. But what if that were an excuse? Feeling like you don't deserve something were an excuse. What if that's the case? How could you shift that? What if you decided to tell yourself, I do deserve it? Because deep inside, I think that resonates more than the other. Listen to me say that. I do deserve it. How does that feel if you say that to yourself? Feels better than I don't deserve it, right? So shifting the way you look at that, saying, you know what, in the past I felt like I didn't deserve that, but that was an excuse. I'm working on changing that. Hey, it's easy to change. One of the things that helped me so much several decades ago to shift, (laughs) to have a paradigm shift, was recognizing it's easy to change. See, because one of my excuses was, oh, change is... Uh, change takes time and energy and effort, and I don't know if I want to put that in right now. I don't know if I, I want to take a look at change because it's going to interfere with what all the stuff I'm doing now to keep so busy so I don't have to grow. <laughs> so saying to yourself, I do deserve it. What if I did deserve it? What would I do differently? If I did deserve that time to myself today, what would I do? If I did deserve love and appreciation from my partner, my children, my coworkers, my neighbors, what would I do differently? And we don't realize it, but the way we, the things we believe affect the way we think, which affects our actions. So you might be thinking, I don't understand why I'm doing these things when this simple shift could create for you a whole new world, a whole new world, a new exciting point of view. Imagine a different point of view. I do deserve, I do deserve hugs. And when that gal comes up to give me a hug, I'm going to hug her back and enjoy it and not be apologetic about it to anyone. Which leads me to another excuse, and that is family conflict. I would give that girl a hug, but my wife would be so jealous. Sometimes we allow others to control us to the point of interfering with our ability to shine our light, to give our gifts and talents to the world. If you have family conflict, and we all have, 
Oh my gosh, I better not date that person. My father wouldn't approve. Or, oh, I better not uh, move to another city. My family would have a cow. Well, sometimes we, or probably often, we let our families control us to a point that is unhealthy. And this I have found out particularly with spouses. They tend, and often parents do this to their kids too. Parents do it to their kids and spouses do it to each other. They think they own the other person and tell them what they can and cannot do. So in a business situation, I was a brand new speaker. I had been speaking my whole life, but in the context of the classroom. And I was branching out to more keynotes and business meetings and a different audience. And so I was having lots of little one-on-one coffee meetings, call it a coffee talk, with other speakers and people in my industry that uh, we might share ideas and help each other along. And I want to say six out of seven meetings that were with a man, that man would say, first let me check with my wife before I meet you at Starbucks for a business conversation. Okay, maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe it's uh, three out of five. Whatever. It was more than half. And I remember being surprised. Yes, I was a good-looking, vivacious, vibrant, zest-filled person excited about this new career. However, I was a business person with a business transaction and you would think that some of these fellas had some sort of hidden fear of being alone with a pretty girl but you're not even alone in a Starbucks (laughs) but but the fact that they had to check with their wives these couple of fellas actually I'm probably exaggerating maybe it stood out in my mind because it was so bizarre maybe it wasn't near half of the um, business meetings I had anyway the the point is that that is unhealthy for your spouse to not trust you to a point where you can only meet with 50% of the population means you will only have 50% of the business growth it's ridiculous however people are controlled by their family they say you know what it ain't worth the conflict but it is an excuse recognize it own it it's an excuse you're unwilling to live to your true potential because you don't want to make waves or help someone to grow because in reality, growing past one's fears is the best thing that a spouse can do and and trust is very important in a relationship. Another excuse people use is, I'm afraid. Oh, I've used this one too often. I'm afraid to be alone. I'm afraid to be poor. I haven't used that one because I did grow up poor and I made a declaration as a teenager. I think I've told you. Standing in the living room of our little two-bedroom house, my mom was a single parent. I was a teenager. We had paneling. Now you know I'm old. I'm dating myself. Paneling up the wall, halfway up the wall through the uh, the whole living room. It's a wood wooden walls halfway up the wall and then the rest was painted. And we had so many cockroaches, which are these little bugs, that are probably, I don't know, an inch to a half an inch long. And they would come crawling out from behind the wooden paneling up the wall. And when they got on the roof, they would crawl across the roof and sometimes they would fall on us. Disgusting. Yes, I know. Most people would just bomb their house. They would put a big plastic tarp over it and put a bunch of bombs in there. Not real bombs, but smoke bombs that killed bugs and just wipe them all out. And yes, we had done our share of putting those bombs in the rooms and leaving for six hours. Anyway, uh, poverty's a B-I-T-C-H, as they say. But I remember standing there in the house by myself that day in the living room, 
declaring to the universe, I will never be too broke to buy diapers for my child, which of course at age 16, I didn't have a child anywhere near, you know, for 10 years I wouldn't have a child. But the fact that that was just the symbolism, that was my metaphor for um, never being broke, being able to afford whatever I wanted. I made the declaration, but some people are afraid of being poor and it causes them to do things that they wouldn't do. That's their excuse. Do you know the workaholic that came from poverty? Oh, got to do this. I'll never be poor. So never wanting to be poor is his excuse for working all the time, 10 hours, 12 hours a day. Recognize it. The first step, just like with Alcoholics Anonymous, the first step to any recovery is recognizing it, seeing it for what it is. Look, see what you see, not what someone tells you to see. Don't take everything I say with blind faith. Look at it and make the decision yourself. If your excuse is that you're afraid to be blank, fill in the blank, take a look at that. What if I wasn't afraid to be poor? What if I wasn't afraid to be alone? What would I do differently? Hmm. Would you leave that toxic relationship if you weren't afraid to be alone? Would you stop working 10, 12 hours a day if you weren't afraid to be poor? Another excuse people have is that something is too hard. I've used this one. Oh, it's too hard. So I don't even look at it. And the truth is, it's an excuse. Anything that's hard can be made easy. I know this from teaching children for many, many years. Make it into a game and they're all over it. They want to learn. They're excited to learn. They will put forth all that effort and energy because it's fun, because you made a game of it. But if you think something's too hard, imagine approaching the topic like this. Boys and girls, welcome to math class. Today we're going to talk about exponentials. An exponent. Before I tell you what an exponent is, I want you to know this is very difficult. Most of you won't learn it. You'll probably do poorly on the test. We'll try and try and we'll revisit it next week. And even when we go on to fractions, we'll come back and visit it because this is such a hard topic. Most of you will have no clue what I'm talking about. Why would any kid continue to listen to the teacher if she started her lesson that way? <laughs> if you believe something is too hard, and let's face it, some of us look at life that way. Oh, it's too hard. That's too hard. This is too hard. Those things are too hard because it has become a coping mechanism. If you say it's too hard, you don't have to even try. You don't have to even consider trying. What if instead of saying to ourselves, it's too hard, we said, that might be easy if I found the right resources or the right mentor or the right way of looking at it. Hmm. Another excuse is, oh, that's not my personality. I remember after a business meeting once with a National Speakers Association in Las Vegas, it was our local chapter, and I was talking to the speaker who was a friend of mine, actually, because I belong to the National uh, on a national level, and we meet once a year all over the nation. It's just so great to have so many friends that are doing what you do, plus more. They're even more active and, and notable and, and just shaking up the world, shakers and movers. But I remember speaking to one and saying, my deepest fear is that I'm not that type A personality, busy, busy woman who's just such a go-getter. And the female speakers I see that are really kicking butt, they're that kind of personality. So I think that I might not be able to do this because it's not my personality. That, my dear, was an excuse I was using. 
My mom used to say when I was little, that is a lie from the pit of hell. And I remember holding on to that statement because sometimes we'll say something and it is a lie from the pit of hell. <laughs> Who does it benefit for me to believe that my personality, being gentle, calm, submissive, yet uh, very good in front of a group, very strong, very able to lead a group in a way that's more facilitating than dictatorial, Who's to say that that personality is not as good as the strong type A personality to be a professional keynote speaker? Who's to say that? Why would I have that false belief? And if you have anything that you think your personality is holding you back from, look at it again. How many students have I taught to be bold that had a gentle, shy demeanor? You can learn to be bold. It is a skill. It is a skill that you can develop and then pull it out of your hat when you need it and put it back when you don't. I've often said uh, when I had a spouse that was very easygoing, I would say, it's his demeanor. He's demeanor of the two of us. (laughs) And then everybody would laugh. Yes, I'm calm and easygoing and he was even more easygoing than I. And actually, Easygoing is a good thing. And if you think that your personality is easygoing and therefore you will not make it uh, to be wealthy or something, guess again. That is an excuse, my friend. What about, I can't afford it? That's an excuse too many people use. And I have been guilty of using it when it wasn't the truth just to get my kids to leave me alone. I'd say to the kids, I can't afford it, knowing I was lying through my teeth. I can't afford it. Does it serve me to lie to my children? Me, who never lies? Wait a minute, but that was a lie, so I guess you don't never lie. I guess you sometimes lie, maybe infrequently, but let's face it. That is an excuse. To say I can't afford it is an excuse. Because even if you're broke, you can find a way to get the money. Money needs to be in circulation. Don't hoard it. Don't make proclamations that you don't have it. Recognize that it moves, it comes in and out, it flows, and you can be a part of that. If you want something bad enough, you'll find the money for it. Oh, it's because of my past. This goes back to what I said earlier about, oh, I didn't get enough hugs as a child. You know what? That was then. Don't, as Wayne Dyer says, don't let the wake drive the boat. Don't look back at that wake behind you and say that's your life. That has nothing to do with you continuing to propel yourself forward. Because uh, I was the middle child, I've often said this, oh, the reason I take care of everyone else and put them first is because I was a middle child. You know what? So what? It is what it is. I was a middle child, but now I can choose to change the way I look at things. I can choose to not use that excuse for putting others first and then feeling a little resentful. Instead, I can say, you know what? I know this might cause a little family drama or conflict. Others might think this is hard. Someone might say that, oh, you know, you should uh, put the other family members first. And maybe I can say, you know what? Right now, I'm going to do what's best for me because I'm not using the excuse that, uh, you know, I was a middle child, so I need to make sure everyone is happy. Or that's the way society says, you're the woman, you're supposed to cook. Who says? Most of the chefs in most of the famous restaurants in Las Vegas where I live are men. If men can be that good at cooking out and about, why can't they be that good at cooking at home? They can, it's an excuse. And then the last one is too busy. Are you too busy to live your life? Remember I said to that old friend, I said, oh, I'm too busy doing the things I hate to do the things I love. 
Don't let it happen to you. I will not let that ever happen to me again. Now I'm too busy doing the things I love to ever consider doing the things I hate. And life is working out just fine. Kick those excuses to the curb and I'll talk to you again next time. Love you lots.